the same thing in our relationship with kindness. It's a back and a forth. We're chasing our tails. We all have come in to this holy space or to faith saying, God loves me. Right? Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And we're welcomed in and it's wonderful and hey. And then, what if I'm really a good Christian and I'm going to stay the day in the office? If I'm really, uh, you know, if, if I really love God, then I'm going to do these things. And so we set off in our human way, trying to be and trying to do. And it is the soul cycle. So we go from being like the people, the Israelites in, uh, in Isaiah, in Isaiah 61, it's post-exile. So they've been exiled, right? They've, they've been in this place of being forlorn and thinking that they were forgotten, and now they're returning. And they feel they just have this wonderful, God is good. And say, so, I mean, listen, read the words. You shall be called by a new name. Oh, I love that. What is my new name? That the mouth of the Lord will give you. Child, you're adopted. You're clothed with this righteousness. And in the end of it is beautiful. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. That's you. That's me. That's the people of Israel. A crown in the hand of the divine, the one who created all things. Who knew me before I was born? I am a crown in his hand. And you have these wonderful words of the Israelites knowing this as they come back, looking to a future with God. And then, as it always happens with all of us, we forget it. We go about, well, if I'm a crown in God's hand, boy, I need to put another sapphire in that crown, don't I? So let me go about and do this and do that, and before you know it, it's... We're back into this. Am I doing enough for God? You know, am I enough? Dad, what do you think about this? And we clearly know that that's what is being spoken of, or I do, in Galatians today. Because it becomes the law. We welcome people in and we say, well, now if you really want to be a good Christian, you'll do ECW and you'll do better in the church and you'll do this and you'll do that and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, we can't keep up. And then we walk out the front door of the church and we never come back. Because we're being crushed under the law of not being enough. And we know it. Even if we're constantly busy, uh, we're being crushed under that. We're slaves to, to the law. To all the things that we're supposed to do in order to earn love or to be good or to be worthy or all of that. Luther called it the terrified conscience. Terrified conscience. That we are striving so much. You know, here we talk about Luther. You know, here we talk about this terrified conscience a lot. And this is the doorway to grace. I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. I'm not this society. If I really want to be a good Christian, I'm not only do this and do that, I'm also going to do this. And before you know it, we're crushed under that. And so Jesus came to remind us that we're clothed with righteousness. Just as you all. Just as you all. It's a one-way gift of grace. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's enough to make, to, to blow your hair back, isn't it? The Word. And this isn't the JV team here, right? The Word. God, God's self, became flesh and dwelt among us. Because the people had forgotten. 
The people were living under this and being crushed under this law. So God said, I will come down and I will be a part of this with you and I will show you the way. You will no longer be a slave to this. I will show you this one-way gift of love, this grace that you don't deserve, that you'll never deserve, that you'll never earn, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, and it changes our hearts, and it changes our lives, that gift. And it makes us want to sing from the highest mountaintop of what gift has been given to us. And we want everybody to come and to see this gift, and then we forget Right, we sing about it at Christmas and then a month later. I mean, it's like getting the, you know, we, we get this new name at Christmas, New Year's, the first day. Oh, I'm on the keto diet, and by day five, you've forgotten all about it. You know, give me another piece of cheesecake. <laughs> it's like going to a Christian renewal conference. You feel great for a day or two, and then you come back and you get into the grind of life, and you say, well, I wasn't so good after all. What kind of a slouch am I? I mean, God didn't really want me on his team, did he? Right? We think he did it because he had to put us on the team. Somehow we got in under some technicality that this God really loves. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And a light shined in the darkness of that hole that can't be insatiable place in your heart that causes you to chase your tail. A light has shined into that darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This gift of grace. And it's the secret to the universe. It's the secret to every relationship that you'll ever be in. Because we're always striving in those relationships, whether it's with our moms and our dads, our sisters and sisters and our brothers with our spouses. It's a one-way gift of love that they don't deserve, that there's no scorekeeping. It changes you. It makes you want to be a disciple. It makes you want to share that love. And it has been given to us. I was a Boy Scout. You're like, so what? Who cares? <laughs> um, I went to this, when we were in Kansas, I went to this camp called Camp Kansas, and I always wanted to be at camp. I always wanted to be a scout. So, this is horrible to admit in church. I lied and told them I was 11, and I was 10. And I'm sure they knew, but they let me go anyway. And so I went. Ten-year-old among older kids, you know, I was intimidated. And we always built this huge tower in the middle of our camp. It's three levels tall. I'm sure if I went back now, it wouldn't look that tall. But at the time, it was like going down to downtown Kansas City. I mean, it was huge. And I'd always wanted to help build that tower because I'd go and see my brother help him build it. And when we go for parent, and the brothers and sisters would come and see it, it was great. And so I got there. They tended me up with um, somebody who was a few years older than me. When you're 10 and somebody that you're rooming with is 13 or 14, that's, that's 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you may as well be an alien. You, know, you don't even speak the same language. 
And so I'm sitting there, and I'm alone, utterly alone. Everybody else is building the tower, and um, you know they're all out there, and I'm just this kid, and I feel out of place. I feel like I don't belong. I feel like they've let me into the truth. What? Just Detective Kelly is a lie, right? Why did I do that? I don't belong here right now. This is not my place. And then an older boy killer, one that everybody respects. You know, it's just one of those guys, you know, that everybody loves, and he's just cool. And he came and he stuck his head in the tent. He said, well, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm just sitting around. You guys look like y'all need me out." did not the darkness 